Hi, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Matt. This podcast is your regular dose of uplifting, inspiring, and motivating life changing tips and success strategies to help you create the wealth, health, lifestyle, passion, and prosperity for your own life that you want to create. Welcome to the Prosperity Project. Welcome to episode 45. And today we're talking about an unconventional approach to making money. So here's my fundamental belief about money, right? Right. And why are we listening to your fundamental belief? (laughs) Apart from the fact that you've got a money channel and you seem to talk about money in various factors. Because it's good to talk about. Like, money is this ultimate taboo it yes. feels like still, right? Yeah, we don't like, talk about what we earn or anything It could anything be a else. British thing. It could be a Western culture thing. It could just be the society that we live in. But people really get triggered by talking about money. Well, you know, it's very secretive. You shouldn't discuss how much you earn. Well, you don't talk about that stuff. But what you do do is you do show off the new Audi in your driveway. Right. So you show off the the value, perceived value that you can spend. But you don't necessarily talk about what you do with your money, how much you earn, save, give, invest and all that. Yeah. So I actually really love talking about money. And I think if more people did talk about money, it would lose this taboo around it, this secretive nature. And also we wouldn't make as many mistakes. Yeah, I think that if we were talking about money and if people were saying, oh, I bring home 1500 a month yeah. and of that 600 goes on my new car. You might then, go, that's not the greatest choice. Well, then you'd probably, when you're saying that kind of thing out loud to other people and other people also saying it to you, it might change some of these habits and things that people have where mm, they mm. want to be seen to be doing well financially. Yeah, yeah. But actually, they're not doing as well as they'd like to. And again, there's nothing wrong with having a income where you decide to spend a good portion of it on whatever it is. But the point is, it's about what's a value for you. Mm -hmm. So for some person, it could be going on holiday a lot. For someone else, it could be the car on the drive. But the fact is that we often spend our time demonstrating our money in some kind of way, rather than actually being more open about it and being able to discuss you know, the challenges, the good things we do, whatever it happens to be. Absolutely. So my fundamental belief around money, and Matt, I want to hear your sides as well, because we're two individuals, just because we're married, doesn't mean we, we believe we, everything we, the we're same. We're different with money anyway, so yeah. <laughs> right, so I personally believe and know this, that money is unlimited. You can create as much money as you want in life. Now, this is a, a mindset, though, that's been developed over time. This yes. is not something I've believed all my life, but very much the past couple of years, it's a that I can create however much money I want. I also need to give money a purpose. It's kind of, no, not kind of, it is a resource. So that's how I'm learning to position it. It's not money is my God, money is the thing that controls me. I use it just in the same way I have to learn how to use my time, my energy, my focus. It's just another resource that is building into all these elements that are outside of me that I can then use, if you like. Yeah, money is ultimately something that gives you the ability to achieve or do something else. Absolutely. So you need to have, ideally, intentional purpose for your money Mm -hmm. so that then you know where it's going and what you're doing. And then some of the things that we have in place and that we'd recommend is having a kind of auto purpose for a bunch of your money. So if you get more money coming in, you automatically save some, We're going to talk about that on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're jumping ahead. I love it. I I love it. But this has evolved over time. And as I say, it's really important for me that money has direction there's no point in just wanting money to keep it stored up in a bank account or an investment ISA like that's not 
where it's best used. Yes, it could grow, it could multiply, but I like to give it value and intention behind it. And it's also about realizing that I create it by what I'm going to give in exchange. So if you think about it in the conventional way, a nine to five job is you're giving up your skills and your time for a certain amount of money. And so it's learning that actually, well, wait a minute, I could still get that money for exchanging my time and talents in other ways. And that's what I've learned as well over the past couple of years that I can create any amount of money that I want, but what value am I going to give other people? What communication connections am I going to make to get that value that we need? So the interesting thing about that concept is that it's really hard to engage in it and have it resonate with mm. you until you're able to see hints of its truth. Absolutely. Oh, wow. So yeah, yeah, if yeah. you are working a nine to five, you're doing a job mm. and like me for many years, I felt like there were ideas in me, mm-hmm, but I could never mm-hmm. quite latch onto what they might be. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see a way of doing anything other than the day job. Right. I couldn't work Very out common. where yep. my skills or talents are. And I think a lot of people will resonate with that. Yes. And that's where it's actually really hard to engage with the thought process of, oh, I could exchange my time for another way of earning mm-hmm, money. Mm-hmm. I could have side hustles and I can control my income mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. ultimately that seems like what other people do. But the point is that anybody can do it, mm. but it, it it's the getting started thing and finding something that resonates with you. Yes. And also, and we've discussed it in other podcasts before, about that persistence piece, mm. not expecting mm. the results in a week or a month. Absolutely. And we talked about this recently and we were kind of sharing our insights in the past three years of building a business. You know, that's normal. You can't expect the immediate thing to happen where, oh, right, there's a million pounds for doing this this work or this kind of service it might happen but the chances are you'll also need to get used to charging or you know exploring ways that you can make money and leading on from that I talk about this on my YouTube channel a lot it comes down to actually using money for time flexibility so that's why I've really called this podcast an unconventional approach I think a lot of people are teaching fundamental concepts about money that are not actually the real source of what people want to achieve. I think people are really looking for the happiness pill to get their time freedom back so that they can do what they want to feel inspired, to live out their goals, their desires, all the things within them that are unique. And we're taught concepts like, you know, retire early or, you know, invest in property or, you know, work nine to five job to your 65 and then you might get a pension if that ends up being the case when we get older. And it's it's not actually teaching or helping people get their time back. It's all about delayed, again, this delay for then getting what you actually want, right? Well, also, there needs to be a balance between time and money. Mm. Because if you live frugally for a period of time and you manage to retire early, then probably you're retiring at that point if, if you do decide to stop work mm-hmm. with a frugal lifestyle mm-hmm. off the back of it. Right. So basically you live frugally to get to retirement, then you don't need to work and then you continue to live frugally in order to, for that money to keep paying you. Yes, yeah. When are you enjoying your time? Because ultimately giving yourself time freedom mm-hmm. But not being able to really do anything with that time because Mm -hmm. you are living frugally, you don't have the money, means that you're not free anyway. Mm -hmm. So for me, the balance is making sure you have 
money sources mm -hmm. that you can do things with your time mm. and then freeing up your time so you have the time to do those things yes. if you want to go yeah. on 10 holidays a year you need the money for it and you need to create the time for it absolutely and both yeah, are both. equally important yeah, yeah yeah i like that i like that and i think you know the frugality as well as another concept that's taught about we're more intentional spending and that's again the vibe that how are you intentionally spending so that you are becoming the boss of your own time and it's not so that you can sit and do nothing because we all do want to work we all want to share in some way but how can you get more of your time back so that when you are doing things you don't resent it when you and also that you're not just filling your precious days with stuff that doesn't make you excited and make you happy like what what are some of the things that if you're listening to this right now what are some of the things that you know you would love to share as a talent let's just assume like the money's guaranteed people are going to pay you exactly what you want you're going to be able to survive what would you be sharing what would you be doing every day and it's a very cliche thing to ask but it's okay to have those dreams and it's okay to have the fear that oh no I would never make it you know I want to be an artist or a musician I would never earn enough yeah, but what happens if you could what happens if you actually do have it within you to achieve it well actually expanding on that what would you do if you won a lottery amount and it was a good amount of money mm. you know a couple of million pounds that you can buy property and all the rest of it but not enough that you can just sit for the rest of your life doing nothing unless you were very smart about how you invested it mm. what would you be doing with your time two years down the line what would you be spending your days doing mm -hmm. because driving around in your nice car mm. will get a bit boring yes. going into your indoor swimming pool will get a bit boring because you can't spend your entire day on there because mm -hmm, wrinkly fingers mm -hmm. are no fun for anybody <laughs> so ultimately you need to be doing something with your time mm -hmm. so what would you be doing mm. and then how can you bring that forward to now to begin the process of actually spending your time doing that and seeing what kind of business it can create yes so you know my monthly series i do on my mama for channel the budget where people send in their budgets yep. and i analyze them and i ask them to tell me their goals and what I, like a n number of people I have given suggestions to, and it's actually how they can become part-time right now. You know, the, the goals that they want, they want to retire early or they want to stop working as many hours, they're tired, they're stressed. And I can show them that their numbers allow them to do that. And the amount of people actually who really struggle to let go as well of the balance. And I would really say, like, we did it. We went, basically lost about 45, 50% of our income when you left the corporate world. But the best decision, the yeah, best decision. It gave and us again, that we've, life made, balance. we've made another decision in the past two months that the money appears to have been lost, but actually you and I now do this full time. So this is another avenue of life that's going to open up once but, lockdown's over. Yeah, of but course. ultimately we took a pay cut on mm -hmm. two occasions in order to enhance the quality of life. And the thing I look at is you've got to measure your quality of life. So mm -hmm. a lot of the kind of fire movement is about living frugally. But it's I, about high savings rate investing. High rate, savings, yeah. but therefore cutting down your income yes, as much as yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be having a party and then washing paper plates afterwards just so I can get a second use out of them. I don't, like, that's <laughs> not a life to lead. That's not In my prime years, <laughs> I don't want to be thinking, you know what? one day I'll be able to do something because mm. to me that's no different to the standard retirement thing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. although the end date will come sooner ultimately mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but the whole I'm going to work hard until I can retire and then I can start to live well if you can bring that forward from 
60 odd to 50 odd you're still waiting for this one day rather than and you're sacrificing your life all this time and you're not enjoying it and I just I just find why would you give yourself any more hardship than you need Mm. that is a balance between going bananas and living your life without consequence but you need to find I think a way of I guess intentionally spending your money Mm -hmm. looking after your money so absolutely or your lifestyle that's the thing we actually, um, my mindset's changed a little bit over mm. the last few months. And rather than focusing on how can we make sure we have savings that can pay us when we want to stop working, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the mindset is more about how can I make it so that income keeps coming? Yes, yes. And it's not from savings, it's from business or investments, or, but not your standard kind of putting it in an ISA or, or these kind of things. But how can you actually keep having income rather than how can I make sure I've got enough in the bank Absolutely. that's going to pay me. Absolutely, and it's cash flow. Another thing, I love this quote, actually, I found from Warren Buffett. So Warren Buffett, as you know, is like the fourth or the fifth richest man in the world, and he made his money through investing pretty much the latter part of his life, actually, the majority of his money right now. But he said that the rich invest in time, the poor invest in money. And I thought that's a really interesting quote that often isn't mentioned about Warren Buffett because obviously he's traditionally like investing in index funds and all that. But somebody with the amount of money that he has, he's recognised that actually it's investing in getting your time back. That's where you truly are rich or wealthy. And there was another quote I found by um, Alan Watts who said, there's a great many people accumulating what they think is vast wealth, but it's only money. And I think that's another point the goal is not just to have the largest bank account and savings account. That doesn't do anything for your character. It doesn't do anything for your goals. Like you could have a million in the bank, but if you've not achieved, you know, the lifestyle, the physical lifestyle of looking after yourself, having people around you that love you and you love them, have you really achieved anything if you've missed the mark on things that actually truly matter? Well, that's the thing. You can look at two scenarios. So let's say that you're sitting there in your really big house, you're getting takeaway deliveries and that's useful because maybe, you know, a shuffle to the front door is a bit more challenging for you, (laughs) but you've got no one around you, no friends, no family, no children, no partner, no anything. So you're living your existence, you know, when you go to the shops, if you fancy it, you go in your Ferrari or whatever you want, but ultimately it's you in this massive big house with its swimming pool and everything else you can base it wherever you want to and it's just you shuffling around in this house mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are you better off than the person that can pay their bills can put a bit by to save can go on some holidays has a family has a family group around them maybe children partner and all these things which person would you say is more life rich mm-hmm. because i know mm-hmm. the person that i would envy isn't the person with all of the money because ultimately there's so much missing. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, mm-hmm. we don't put value enough on the things we have. And we spoke about that in the previous podcast yes, yeah, about yeah, gratitude, gratitude yep, and working yep. out you know, what's, what's important to you and looking at what you've got. But there's so much more value in the things that we can do with money mm-hmm. and the experiences we can have with the people around us and the people we want around us, mm-hmm. rather than money itself and the ownership of it. And that brings me on to the next unconventional approach. And you mentioned it, lifestyle investing. So that's what we're getting at a little bit. And it's a way that I believe of being really, really intentional with your money, but also super simple. 
Like when you're making any investments or savings, thinking about what is this adding to my life right now, okay? A lot of investing strategies, and we do it as part of our strategy as long-term. So we share that, you know, our family, we've been investing in index funds for a long time. We have pensions, that's long-term, that's locked away. But now we're starting to make choices about our life right now with our cash flow. So Matt talked about, you know, is it bringing in cash flow right now? That's one of the criteria. But recently we've just bought out a new car in cash because our Matt's old car was 15 years old, first of all, starting to kind of just be a little bit unreliable. The wipers weren't as good. We, we played Some, this game yeah. in the car because the wiper motor was broken and you wouldn't be able to do a single swipe. So we played this game where it was like, okay, what random number of swipes are it going to do? And let's see who can get it right. It was a beautiful car, nearly 100,000 on the clock, right? Really great. We bought it. It did the job. Well. But ultimately, we decided for, I guess, peace of mind mm. and also just why not enjoy some of the money now rather than have something which has got various niggles and problems and um, bits and pieces and also unpredictably it would probably need a new clutch and who knows how new service would look. I actually came to you before it was after Christmas it was after Christmas I came to you and said look I feel like we should make this a bit easier on our to-do list like I'm always thinking oh is Matt's car something gonna go wrong exactly right so so what happens is you can do something you can invest some money and then that almost that goes off your mind entirely Mm -hmm, you're not mm -hmm. taking up your mind space so that's the thing about like intentional investing and lifestyle investing it's not just necessarily putting money in a bank or somewhere but it's saying what's going to give me a benefit in life right now in life right now or in life in over the next couple of years whatever it happens to be but actually making that choice and not thinking about save 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 or spend 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 frivolously Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is intentional place of your money Uh, because some people could argue of course the value that we paid in cash for that car well you could have invested that instead yes but the goal is not to have the biggest bank account that is not my personal goal I'm cool with whatever money comes our way I will know how to deal with and we'll cover that in one of the points about financial stewardship that's what I try to be the best financial steward of our money and that can change organically it's not about getting the best return that's a depreciating liability but for us it's so much fun to drive plus also it works <laughs> there's the, the wipers work it's super fun to well, be in the, it the key thing is for every pound in value it loses it gives us probably more back in the, the way it transports us, the way we feel comfortable in, the way mm. we enjoy going on journeys, whatever it happens to be. So we get more from it than its depreciation. So that's the thing that people forget about. People don't put enough value onto what you're getting from something. Yes, It's always, it costs this, it costs that, and then if I sell it, it's going to be worth that. But think about how much you use it, what you get from it, yes. where's the value in it? And then suddenly something that whether it's expensive or not doesn't matter something that you utilize and you get a lot of joy from or takes away headaches or pain points for you suddenly becomes something that's more valuable Mm -hmm. it's like something as simple as hair straighteners Mm -hmm, now mm -hmm. you can pick up hair straighteners for quite cheap money for maybe like 15 pounds or something like that whole range of prices and there's nothing wrong with a, a cheaper pair of hair straighteners but if you've got a pair of hair straighteners and you've tried various cheaper brands and you find that they keep catching or annoying mm-hmm, you or your mm-hmm. hair doesn't look the way you want it to be and you're saying to yourself oh you know what I don't want to spend let's say a hundred pounds on mm. one of the more expensive brands well imagine the value you might get 
from spending more on the straighteners where mm. it isn't catching, where you do end up looking how you wanted to yeah, look yeah, yeah, when yeah. you started doing it. And that's the kind of value we're talking about with your money. Mm-hmm. Actually getting a return on your investment immediately mm-hmm. in life, joy, and just smoothness of the way you live your life and the joy that comes with it. Absolutely. And that brings me on to the money management system that I don't see anyone really else talking about a lot. And that's why I think it's quite... Oh, what's this? (laughs) Sorry. What is it? What is it? It's my four pillars method of managing money. Would you like to hear more? Four pillars? It sounds sounds historic. (laughs) No, so it's based on my money stacks method. Oh, it's new then. (laughs) Pillars sounds like ancient Greek or Roman or something. That's the whole point. And I want you to imagine a house. I want you to imagine, yeah, the pillars. Four pillars are going to hold up your whole house your management of your money overall without these four you would just end up with a lopsided roof that's what i want you to imagine okay, right? right so, so you strong, need a strong foundation a strong building and it then becomes such an easy no-brainer and it's four, my, my four pillars are spending well yes. saving you can do that i know you can, I can spend, well. <laughs> spend well saving well yeah investing well yeah and giving well oh, oh, so you talk about giving a lot i know right it's because it's a, <laughs> it's a good thing it's we have a serious trigger about generosity as well particularly around money time we're better at, but money people really get triggered so those are the four pillars and they change your relationship with money so spending well i am not one of these people who's going to tell you that it's a certain percentage that you've got to try and hit ideally you're spending your essentials what you actually need maybe 50 percent of your budget a month but that's an absolute like concept that is not meant to be a parameter that you need to live by so spend well. When you're spending, make choices that add value. The lifestyle investing piece or the lifestyle spending, if you like. What are adding true value? Not based on anyone else's value. If somebody else has got a nice car outside, do not feel that you need to get a new car. But look at your spending and say, okay, I've got a subscription for, to the gym right now. I can't get to the gym. I've also got Amazon Prime. I've got Netflix. I've got Disney Plus. I've got, you know, Am I actually, is that encouraging the person that I want to be? No, it's actually encouraging you to sit in front of the TV probably more hours a day. And, and there's nothing also, wrong with that. Nothing, nothing wrong with sitting in front of the TV. But, but if it's stopping you from doing other things that you would like to do, absolutely. then by removing some distraction, mm-hmm. then maybe it will assist you in your other things. And that's that's ultimately the goal, right? To balance what you're doing and the things that are around you mm. and the things that enable you to actually get to those next steps you want to and some things although they might be nice as far as a quality of life and entertainment and everything else Mm. some of these things may well be getting in your way Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. where you want to go next so that's why it's worth considering it's a lot of money for all of these different subscriptions Mm -hmm. and ultimately if you want to go to the gym a bit more or you want to start a side hustle but all of these things allow you enough distraction they could be detrimental both to your future planning and your pocket Mm. and actually it's worth considering that Mm -hmm. no definitely so we move on to saving well now i again as we said at the top of the podcast you should be saving towards the goals and desires that you have. If you've got, so the spending well, really, if we're talking, strictly speaking, once you've got everything you need to live right now, and if you've got any kind of overflow, little bit extra, it should be then going into these other three pillars as best you can. But really spending well right now is kind of your main job 
That's making sure there's a roof over your head, adequate quality food, quality food absolutely and drink because that's going to affect your mindset, your health, your longevity, your kids. That's a deal breaker there. So we come on to saving well. And I think that for anyone to have a budget or a spending plan that works, you've got to have money going towards the things that matter to you. So could it be traveling or getting that education that you know that you want to try and get, you know, right now, or, you know, doing up the house or just even an emergent, a new opportunities fund, as I call it, if you want to change job or leave your job or something. Well, even something as simple as Christmas. Mm, Guess what? Exactly. It's Christmas this year. And it was Christmas last (laughs) year. It's been every year. There's going to be one the next year. Like, it seems to take a lot of people by surprise. Yes. It's like, oh, Christmas is coming up and that gets expensive when I'm buying for people. So first of all, we go back to intentional spending. Mm-hmm. Why are you buying for your Aunt Margaret, who you never see, and you buy a five or ten pound token present? Like, ultimately, anything that feels a little bit like a secret Santa type of gift, where mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. token for the sake of it, you should be cutting that out. Mm-hmm. Cutting out entirely. But then you move on to intentional spend for the people you care about. And ultimately, Christmas, birthdays, they come around they come every single year. Unless you don't celebrate them, of course. If you don't celebrate, then fine. Then save saving some money. <laughs> but otherwise, you should be aware that Christmas is coming and therefore try to put away for that. Or if you have enough income to cover it on the month it turns up, mm-hmm. then great. But it shouldn't be a surprise. And hopefully, you can get in a position where you're not getting yourself into debt over Christmas mm-hmm. and then spending the next three months after Christmas trying to clear it off before then you repeat the cycle the next year. So it's not just about the holidays and opportunities and everything else. Those simple things like Christmas, like your car services, yes, those things that... tax, you can pay off in a year, your TV license, all of those All things. of these things that you know keep occurring and aren't going to go anywhere <laughs> yes. and, and they're ultimately feel like less of a choice because a holiday mm-hmm. feels like a real choice. Christmas doesn't really feel like much of a choice. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can whittle down who you're buying for and I do recommend you do that. But you can't get rid of it entirely. So at which point you need to factor that in. You need to factor in your car services and MOTs and potentially tyres and those kind of things. You need to factor these in because they're happening. They're almost essentials (laughs) in many ways. So therefore you need to build them in as part of your savings plan. And the other thing is in this saving well is your goals I've touched upon because I don't want you just to have goals and desires that are some one day when I've got enough money. No, even if you're putting 50 pence in a pound, you're starting to build that fund that'll make it happen. And then the next thing I would say, you've spent well, you've saved well, investing well. Now, investing is not just your traditional, or oh, put it in an investment, ISA or a pension. This is also thinking about developing your own skill sets, your personal development. So it's investing in yourself today and in the future. And so lots of different ways that you can do that, not defined by any one thing. And the fourth pillar, I would say it is crucial to put this pillar in place if you want to change your relationship with money, and that's giving. It means every month or whenever you feel inspired, giving to something or someone or some place that you believe your money could multiply and do good. So I'm going to assume that you're doing great things with your time, you're giving your time, equally 
we live in a world where we do have more than enough. Even though it might not feel it, we've still got our basic needs met. And so when you're able to help, so and it could well be that you've just bought a little bit extra food and you're going to go and give that to someone or a, a cup of sugar or, you know, something else. But it's the giving that changes your mindset around this lack mentality. So what I would do is I would also challenge you to think about how you give, right? It's very easy when children in need is on TV or red nose day to phone up and give them 10 or 20 pounds because it's in your face you're seeing the sob stories and everything else so that is almost easier giving the harder part of giving is when you don't see the full story of something and also when you're trying to do it every single month and it doesn't make a difference what the amount is but when you're doing it every month and you're not getting the cheers and the praise or the tv egging you on or anything else that is when giving becomes more pure to actually you doing it from your own pockets for a reason that isn't just because the entertainment's in front of you. So I'm not saying don't give to children in need or, or Red Nose Day or any of these things that happen or put in, you know, a couple of pounds into someone's pot when they're shaking them outside the shops, mm. which I'm sure they'll be doing again once all this pandemic stuff dies mm. down. But actually making it a regular occurrence mm -hmm. means that you practice giving and you become more comfortable with it and therefore it's easier for you to do so as you move forwards. Mm -hmm. The less often you do anything in life, the worse you are at doing it and practicing it. Yes. The more you do something, the more comfortable you become, the better you are at it, and the easier it is. Absolutely. And then we come into the final bit of this overall unconventional approach. Ties in from the four pillars, but I want you to think of yourself as a financial steward instead of just somebody being controlled by money. Imagine your money as if it's somebody else's. They've lent it to you temporarily so that then you can distribute. And that's where the four pillars comes from. Okay, so if this was some if this was a business I was running or somebody else's money, I would want to make sure it's going as many great places. You'd be detached from it. You wouldn't be as emotional. And I believe once you get that system in place, you really want your money management to be a five minute a month job, right? It should be so simple that everything that can be automatic paying into your pension investments you know how much your bills are out on direct debit the first day it should be able to be taught to your children it should be that super simple I think what you should do when you're thinking about financial stewardship is imagine that your mum or your dad or your friend that seems to be really good with money or your sibling that seems to be like slightly better in the world than you are maybe imagine they're going to audit your books oh yeah that's a great way to think about if, you, it. <laughs> if you think about it like that if you think about yeah. someone that you feel like might judge you mm -hmm. he's going to audit your books then I do think that you become more intentional with mm. your money and I've said it a few times the word intentional it's about having a purpose for things it's not saying don't spend or mm. don't save or whatever it happens to be it's about having intent with it mm, because mm. then rather than money kind of going through and like a sieve it just disappears on random places and this takeaway and that random thing and this random thing instead everything has a purpose and you could itemize it all and be audited and you'd be 
fairly comfortable to kind of own it. Yes, and even if there yes. was frivolous spend in there, it would still be intentional, which means that it's valuable and worth doing. Absolutely. No, that's incredible. That's great insight, Matt. I appreciate that. And I will say we've not got the perfect, nobody will ever have the perfect money management system, right? But what our hope is, this is just some of our thoughts and what I see coaching people. And I've been doing this a number number of years. We've come out of a huge amount of debt. We had like £24,000 worth of consumer debt. We've also had PCP deals on cars that we've paid off fully. You know, we're paying off our mortgage actively. That's the last day we pay off every yearly bill. That's what suits us right now. You know, we give as well. And this is organic. Your relationship should be all organic. But what I do know is the mindset with money is so much more peaceful now that we've made these steps. And that's what I want you to achieve listening to this podcast. I want you to get peace with your money so that it's a joy so that it's also not something that you're spending time or energy with you've got better things to do with your time ahead that's the key thing we didn't randomly win money on a lottery or anything we weren't born into being particularly wealthy we've been yeah twenty four thousand pounds of debt a lot of people have less than that Mm. and they have mortgages and cars and everything else and we had all of those payments so we when we began this process and started to try to adjust that and just get more so on a level where money wasn't going out the door in debt we started off at the same point or worse Mm -hmm, than mm -hmm. a lot of people out there so it's not this elusive journey that people only special people can do anybody can find themselves from where they are which is maybe less ideal to a better place where money is working for them rather than this pain point that towards the last week of the month it's a challenge and you're not quite balancing everything and you don't feel comfortable with what you're doing either it's very easy once you get into the swing of it once you get into the momentum to actually change what you're doing Mm. and ultimately it's the habits that change over the course of time, which delivers the results that you're looking for. I just want everything to be super simple. Like I want to know the 80-20 principles of money. And this right now, these are our 80-20 principles. The things, 80% of our results come from 20% of the things that we can do. So I I really hope that over the course of today, something has resonated that you want to try. Maybe you want to check out some of the the methods I've described, the Money Stacks method, which is my budgeting system. You can find it on YouTube or on Amazon and as well I have a couple of products about it um, and on it so that you can buy spreadsheets and things there's there's lots of resources um, and you can find me talking about it a bit more you can we are testimony to what we talk about as well so you can look back on my videos and see what we give what we save what we spend Um, and I'm really excited also but the time freedom has opened up a lot more delving into getting a simpler way to manage our money so that we can like not worry about it as much right and so that we can just use our time better and things like that so i hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and if you have and especially if you felt like you've resonated with some points why not give us a five-star review and you know subscribe to the channel so you can get more stuff also if you've listened to this podcast and you thought of someone you know that maybe could do with a little bit of thought around their money process why not forward it on to them Send it to them, let them have a little listen and hopefully they'll pick up some value in it and maybe you can help start someone on the journey that they need in order to get them to a place where they're more comfortable with their money and their systems and you never know, they might listen to more of our podcasts (laughs) and find just various bits of value in there that you could be 
that change that they need. Oh, that's lovely. Well, thank you so much for listening. We'll speak to you very soon.